I'm Clarence Waldron. Welcome back to, to Black Muse. Tonight, we have the legendary Sasha Dalton. She's the founder of Chicago Gospel Music Festival. And along the way, she paid tribute to one of her idols and everyone's idol, Dinah Washington, in the musical Sasha Sings Dinah. Today, she has a new book out that she tells the story of her founding of the Gospel Festival. So I'm going to stop and let Sasha please tell your story. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's start with the book, Unplugged, the Untold Story of Chicago's Gospel Festival, how a jazz singer hmm, founded the world's largest gospel festival. Tell me about that. Well, the festival was started in 1985. And it was an originally a tribute to the uh, founding father of gospel music, Professor Thomas Dorsey. And at that time, it was called the Dorsey Gospel Festival. Uh, Mayor Washington had just come in office and he initiated a new program called the Neighborhood Festivals Program. So when I gave him the idea, he said, okay, you can do it, let's do it. And we'll do it as a Neighborhood Festival Program. And we did it at the South Shore Country Club on uh, 71st and, and South Shore Drive, which is a beautiful facility. It's now called the South Shore Cultural Center. And the first year we had 30,000 people. The second year we had 40,000 people. And my problem was, how are we gonna control this crowd next year? Well, I didn't have to worry about it because the mayor and the then director of the Office of Special Events said, you got to move it. And we moved it to Grant Park. When we moved to Grant Park, it the name had to be changed because the city did, had a policy that you cannot name a festival after a person or a corporation. And my corporate sponsor was Kentucky Fried Chicken. And they wanted the festival to be named the Kentucky Fried Chicken Gospel Festival. The mayor said, no, that's not going to happen. So the name in the third year, the festival was known as the Chicago Gospel Festival. Some years after I left, they added music to the title. So currently, it's called the Chicago Gospel Music Festival. And it's in his, what, 38th year. Wow, that's great. So how did you as a jazz singer become so involved in this gospel thing? How did you do that? That's an interesting story. And, and I always say, Clarence, it certainly was not something that I wanted to do. It was something that God wanted me to do. I had uh, performed in the Sasha Singh show and it got a lot of critical acclaim. It then went to Off-Broadway. And the title then was the uh, Dinah, what was the name of it? Let me look. Dinah and her music, I think it was. Yeah, Dinah, Queen of the Blues. And Woody King and Ashton Springer were the producers. And um, so it was doing pretty good. And the mayor asked me to come back and do a fundraiser for him after the show closed, which I did. While I was here on my way back to New York, 
because I wanted to stay in New York. I love New York. I had an apartment in Harlem. You know, New York was alive and stimulating. And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I gave the, uh, the mayor at a private party. I said to him, you know, Mayor Washington, next year is going to be uh, Dr. King's birthday. His, it'll be a national birthday. Well, a lot of people don't remember that the mayor introduced the a bill when he was in the Senate to make Harold, um, Dr. King's birthday a provisional holiday. So we were the first state to do that. And I said, uh, well, next year is going to be a national holiday and you should do a get a jump on the nation and do a big Dr. King celebration. He said, that's a good idea. And let's start with the Dr. King breakfast. I said, well, I can't start with anything. I'm going back to New York. I really had, I literally had a ticket for Southwest. And he said, well, you're going to have to stay and do it. I said, okay, I'll stay and do this. Well, mm -hmm. after the Dr. King celebration, which was a big citywide celebration, and we had a concert that evening with Stevie Wonder, and it was just fantastic. I was closing out my report to give the mayor, to meet with the mayor, and a gentleman by the name of Ranson Boykin. Do you remember Ranson? I don't. He was with the Illinois Arts Council. Okay. Ranson came in the office and he said, Sasha, I need your help. And I said, what do you need? And he said, I need, he said, I want to get Dorsey the governor's award for the arts. And they're giving me a hard time. And mm -hmm. I think a letter from you and a letter from the mayor would help. So I said, okay. I said, I didn't even know Dorsey was alive. He's still alive. He said, yes. So anyway, I wrote the letters. <laughs> and the mayor's signature applied to his letter. Gave it to Ransom. Ransom comes back a couple of weeks later and said, guess what? Dorsey's going to get the award. I said, well, that's wonderful. And that year they honored Ramsey Lewis. And I think the Boeing Corporation got an award. And that was in 1985, uh, in March of 1985. So when I met with the mayor, on my way back to New York, I said, mayor, you know what? the governor is gonna give Thomas Dorsey the governor award for the arts. He said, that's great. I said, well, I know you're not gonna let the governor honor him and you don't do something too. He said, well, what should I do? I said, a gospel festival. He's the father of gospel music. Call it the Dorsey Gospel Festival. Have it on Father's Day weekend. And he said, can you do it that fast? I said, I can't do it at all. I'm going back to New York. He said, not if it's gonna be a gospel festival and that's how it started. And I never got back to New York. Oh, wow, wow, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I actually produced that festival through three administrations because uh, Mayor Washington died in 1987. Then Gene Sawyer came in and he was there for a short period. Then Mayor Dibley came in. So I, you know, it went through three administrations with me. Wow. Interesting story, you gotta wow. read the yeah. All right. All right. All right. So now let's talk for a minute about you and Donna Washington. What was it about her? Well, what is the what is it about her? Because her music is still here. That, that always attracted you to her. You know, that's another interesting story. I was raised in a household of music, so it was very normal in my home to hear Dinah Washington, Billy Eckstein you know, all of the greats. My mother was a big music aficionado. My aunt, her, uh, Mary Brooks, was in show business. And um, so it, it was kind of music that I was raised with. Well, I had decided 
to do a show on the Club Delisa. And when I started researching the Club Delisa and artists that had performed there, I couldn't find anything on Dinah Washington. So I said, this is terrible. There needs to be a show on Dinah Washington. So I set out at my own expense, traveled around the country, talking to people who knew Dinah, who had worked with her. And of course, there were millions of people here in Chicago because she was a Chicago girl. And um, when I finally got the show ready, I wasn't planning to do it, Clarence. I envisioned myself as a, as a big time producer sitting in the background while the artist that was doing Dinah was on Johnny Carson's show, you know. And I would tell her all about Dinah. So I started auditioning people. And when I finally found a person that I liked, I said, I want you to do this show. And she, and I started talking to her about Dinah. And of course, I'm obsessive. So <laughs> I guess I got on her nerves. And she said, listen, honey, I don't want to know all of that. I just want to know how much you're going to pay me and what songs I'm going to sing. Well, at that time, the show was Dinah and her music. And I took that as an insult. And I snatched the script. I said, give me my script. I'll do it myself. And I changed the title to Dinah. Sasha Sings Dinah. And it was an instant success. So that's how that happened. Wow. I had but no idea. Interestingly, right. my mother was at that last performance. Opening, she was at the opening night show. Okay. And my mother was not someone who, she didn't discourage me from doing entertainment, but she always said, you need to go back to school and finish your degree so that you can hit a pension. And so <laughs> she said, but that was what she always said. But that mm -hmm. night she came to the show and she said, I can see it. This is going to do great things for you. She went home, her house caught on fire. And those were the last words I ever heard my mother speak. So when Woody King came to the closing night, we ran for 18 months here in Chicago, great reviews. And I was just ready to go home. You know, I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to grieve my mother's transition and, you know, kind of get myself together. And he walked up to me and he said, um, my name is Woody King and I love this show and you should be in New York. And I, New York, you know, I'm from New York. I want to stay here in Chicago. And he said, uh, you'll do well in New York, but you got to change the name of the show because nobody knows you in New York. So you, can you do, can you change it to a one woman show? Because I had a cast, had a full cast of the show. And he said, change it to a one woman show. And I really didn't want to do it, but I heard my mother's voice saying, this is going to do great things for you. And so I did it for my mother. And that's that's really how it happened. Wow. And ended up, so it was an interesting journey. And, and in my book, I talk a lot about how we don't really know what God has planned for us. And sometimes we go down paths that prepare us for something else. And it may not be what you want to do, but it's something that is ordained for you. And that was, and that led me to the gospel festival. Wow, got it, got it. Now, going going back to the musical, did you have to seek permission from the family to to do her music and all of that? Or Well, Dinah didn't own any of that music, so I okay. did have to get licensing rights in, okay. to New York. When we were in Chicago, I didn't, because we did it as a cabaret, and of course that was covered under the cabaret license. 
but I did talk a lot to her family and met her family and became actually good friends with them. We're still very close. Her mother's now deceased. One of her, she had two sons. I knew both of her sons. I knew three of her husbands. <laughs> so these are people that I really, you know, uh, Clyde Otis and I became very good friends. You know, he wrote her hit song, This Bitter Earth. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, I used to spend uh, nights at he and his, his home when I was in New York and, and off, you know, and I wasn't working. And um, so it, it was a very interesting journey. And now I'm still very close to her sister, one of her sisters, one is deceased. And I was knew the mother, her father and I just got along famously. Wow, yeah. cool, cool. Tough question for you. Can you name a, your favorite Dinah Washington song that you would love to perform? Anyone? Oh, God, that's a tough one. I know it is. He had so many. Yes. When I was doing the show, I didn't know what songs to do. So I used to do a uh, question box at the show and I had a bad, uh, card there and I said, fill out your favorite Dinah Washington song. And we would do them. And, and I knew a lot of them. But I think my absolute favorite is one that a lot of people don't really know and that's destination moon that's something that she did later in her life and you've probably heard it when they when they do commercials about the going to the moon and going into space you know that and that's really one of my favorite songs of hers i also of course love unforgettable and this bitter earth mm. And this can't be love. So I have a number of favorites. Yeah. But I would have to say Destination Moon is one of my favorites. And it's also one of her sleepers. Okay. Now, do you play your old um, music that you did years ago? Sasha Sings Dinah? Do you no. play? Why not? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't play? Yeah. I haven't listened to that CD in years. Okay. <laughs> years, no, I, I, I need to because I need to really, you know, I'd like to go back in and do another project. That was a good project, but I just don't listen to it. You're going to make me listen to it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So now I'm almost done. Now you have a bachelor's degree from Trinity International University. How did that educational background help you in your career even now? Well, when I went to Trinity, I kind of majored in a, in a program called Organizational Leadership. And over the years, I've had my own entertainment business. When I left the city, I started my own booking agency and event production company. And I think that that helped to undergird me in organization. And I minored in, uh, in theology. So... I was actually working on a master's in divinity that I didn't complete. <laughs> I haven't completed it. But okay. uh. I may not ever, but I love theology. So I think that going there was a good experience for me because it helped me to understand more about negotiating organization and business. Cool. And it satisfied my mother. My mother used to always tell me, I'm going to know that you have made it when I see your picture in Jet Magazine. <laughs> All right now. All right now. Cool. So, uh, anyway, years after she had made her transition, 
I uh, performed at Aretha's birthday party. I think it was her 50th birthday celebration. And it, it made Jack, and I said, well, I wish my mother was here now. She would say, uh, you made it now. <laughs> you, made, you have arrived. You have, you have arrived. Wow. Yeah, she measured success with being in Jet Magazine. Right, right, right. Now, you spent all your life here in Chicago. What is it about the city of Chicago that appeals to you? Well, first of all, I haven't spent all of my life here. When I got married young, I lived in California. Oh, okay. That's actually where my career started in California. Okay. But I love Chicago, and I don't think anything can pull me away from Chicago. And to answer your question, uh, you can, you can, you know, if you have an idea, if you have something that you want to do, if you need a job, if you need to make connections, they're here in Chicago. You, uh, what's that song if, about New York, New York? If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. No, if you can make it in Chicago, you'll make it anywhere. And you can come to, you can be in Chicago. And people in Chicago are very kind and very, uh, very knowledgeable on very many levels. And it's kind of like up south, you know, we're like just a good neighborhood city. And right. I think that's what I love about it. And because this is home, of course, if you keep talking, you find out you know everybody. And, and that's valuable. <laughs> That's very valuable. So I think that New York, Chicago is a city that is, and it, right now, I think it's becoming more alive and more awakening artistically than New York or parallel to New York. Okay. All right. I'm almost done. I always ask this question to everybody that we talk to. This is the Black Muse video podcast. Looking back, Sasha, who would you say inspired your love for music? Who inspired you? Vanna Washington. Vanna Washington. When I think about all the singers and all the music that I've always heard over my life, Dinah always pops up first. Cool. Cool. Any other takeaways from your book? And do you have the book there? Have I you do, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I, have, have. I just, what do you know? There it is. Oh, okay. There it is. There it is. Unplugged. Yes. 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 Got it. Got it. Any other takeaways from the book that you want us to get? Anything else from the book? That they can purchase it on Amazon in the 1st of June. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All right. June 1st. All right. All right. Maybe right. before then. Okay. <laughs> Definitely okay. first. I want to really have it out for Black Music Month. Okay. Because you know, Chicago's the home of gospel music. Right. In addition to being the home of jazz and blues. But yes. I really want to uh do some media on that and to celebrate our our music during the month, our gospel music during the month of June. And forever, really. You know, right. when you think about it, Clarence. Thomas Dorsey started it here. All of the gospel greats, Albertina, James Cleveland, you know, the list of people in the gospel music industry who are from Chicago, who made Chicago their home. I'll say it like that, because many of them at that time came up here during, the, you know, right. came from the South, but they were educated in Chicago. They went to Chicago schools. Nat King Cole, you know, I know he's not gospel. Lionel Hampton. 
So yes. this is the home of, of gospel greats, jazz greats, and blues greats. When I was a little girl, we lived around the corner from Muddy Waters. You know, so it, that's another thing about Chicago that I love. You can meet the people that are here that are known all over the world. You may see them in Walgreens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything else you would like to share? I know the time has gone by so quickly. Anything else on your mind today? Now you asked a bad question. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh y'all. Well, I think that I think the thing that's most important to me is that we share our history. Okay. And that we let the young people know who we are, the roots that they have, even if their parents weren't in show business. I wrote a show years ago entitled Running with the Eight Ball, which was all about the history of Black Chicago and Black achievers who went to Chicago public schools that from various areas. You got John Johnson, you got John Matusimi, the first black man to, to build a building in, in the loop, the Johnson Publishing Building. And I think yeah. our people, I think our kids need to know that. And I think that when they know where they came from, that they will even strive more to be as great at, as they as they can be. And we've got some great young people here, but so many of them don't know that our history. Right. Right. So if there's anything I'd like to take away is that it's up to the artists and the people who are the history makers to share their story in the schools, you know, wherever there's a group of young people. Let's tell them about this great city. And of course, we had the first black mayor. Of, <laughs> and now we have another one. Well, that's three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate this. I feel like talking to an old friend, which is what you are. An old you are. Friend. Yes, I love it. Thank you so very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>